everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. We are here today to talk about Disney Plus and more of our hidden gems. This is our fourth, I believe, for Disney Plus that we've done. And just sharing some of the not as obvious, you know, not the Mandalorian and stuff like that. Some of the things that are really great on the service. And uh, so we're excited to talk about that today. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan Cam is here. Uh, I'll be right back. I have to change up my list a little bit. No, I, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm I'm happy to be here, Rachel. I'm. It's always a pleasure to do uh, to do a podcast with you in any form, really. So uh, so I've been looking forward to uh, to doing this as I do every week. Well, it's been really fun so far. So you all listening will have to let us know what some of your favorite hidden gems are. And what you think of our picks? You know what I. You know what I'd love to do one day. What? I'd love for people to send in their hidden gems on Disney Plus, and we could read them off. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, let us know, and then for the next week's episode, we will we will read off your hidden gem picks. Uh, that would be great. You can tell us on Twitter or in the comment section. So, all right, let's dive into it. Ryan, what is your first pick? So my first pick, at, firstly, the, these are all going to be from the 2000s. This oh. is from the uh, first decade of the, of the new millennium. Uh, my first pick, I teased this in, I want to say, the first or second episode of this series, but I am going to do a full-fledged uh, discussion on it right here. It is Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Ah. Uh, Similar to Treasure Planet, Atlantis kind of got caught up in that post-Renaissance period with Disney because Disney had just gotten off the biggest hot streak of their tenure. And so anything after that streak is going to be automatically like knocked down a peg. But um, I've always enjoyed Atlantis personally. It's got great animation. It's got a really, really fun premise. And it's got a pretty good cast, too. It's got Michael J. Fox, who is primarily known for the Back to the Future stuff. But if you want to see him in something outside of that, then Atlantis will definitely hook you up. And uh, it's got the late Leonard Nimoy in there as well. May he rest in peace. And it's also got James Garner, who had a legendary film career. Um, and it's also... It, a bit of a side note, one of my favorite teaser posters as well. It's just ah. a stormy background with the A of Atlantis on there. And it's got the quote from Plato that said that, and in one day and one night, Atlantis sank to the bottom of the sea. That's a very rough paraphrase, but I'm sure everyone will get my point. Uh -huh. But um, Atlantis certainly deserves a lot more praise than it's gotten. It's not hated as far as I know, but similar to Treasure Planet, it got caught up in that post-Renaissance time. And, uh, and after Disney had just done Lion King and just crushed the animation game for literally years, uh, Atlantis just got a raw deal. Yeah. We actually just reviewed this on Talking Disney two episodes ago. So I mean, it's Stanford. So if you want to hear our views on it, uh, I'll put a link down in the description. People can, can listen to that. But but yeah, I mean, it definitely has a lot going for it. It's not perfect, but I I love the animation. I think it's so beautiful. And there's just a nice spirit of adventure about it, which is a lot of fun. 
I will dock points that the metal scorpion looks really fake, but minus uh-huh. that, the animation does look good. Yeah, really nice. And I think it has definitely a feel of anime and Studio Ghibli influence on the studio, uh, especially uh, Castle in the Sky. I think you can really see even just the colors are almost the same in there. And uh, both movies have have like the same color of blue in the magical power stuff (laughs) Um, but uh but yeah i think that it's a really interesting entry in the disney canon for sure and uh, people should check it out uh so that's a good pick uh my first pick is called the straight story and i'm not sure if this was originally disney or if this is a fox film or what happened with it but if this my is, if my disney knowledge is correct then it is a disney joint okay uh so this it doesn't feel like a disney film <laughs> to me uh but this was it's, directed by david lynch correct yes yes that's part of the reason why it probably doesn't feel like a disney film in a lot of ways but it's really good it stars richard farnsworth who is such a lovely actor a lot of people at least a lot lot of my friends would know him as matthew cuthbert in anna green gables (laughs) and he was so great in that and he's just a lovely actor and he basically plays this man who uh, finds out that his brother is sick uh, had a stroke and he wants to visit his brother and mend their relationship but he doesn't know how to drive he doesn't drive and he doesn't have a license and so he decides to drive his tractor all the way from like Iowa to Wisconsin or something like that. And it's just such a, it's a, such a sweet, uh, lovely little movie that, uh, that you really, it does a really good job of developing particularly his character as just a very unique character. Like he's not really cl- cliche. He's not like, other people that you've seen in movies he's just a unique human and uh, and it it also it 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 looks beautiful it's it it's just it's sort of it, it it flies in the face of sort of most small town kind of movies or homespun american kind of movies uh and because it has a little bit of rawness to it even though it's even though it is sweet uh but it's it's just very honest it's a very honest movie and i think people will really like it if they if they give it a chance yeah the, uh, hearing you describe this movie i'm thinking to myself this is from the director of Eraserhead. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> i mean it's and, g-rated and the, so and the creator still. of twin peaks <laughs> yeah yeah and, and the director of dune <laughs> yeah and he was nominated for an oscar for the movie i mean it's it's a really great performance and a, a really sweet little little movie but yeah it has it has you can tell that it's david lynch <laughs> even in all the g-ratedness <laughs> so uh, i i think it, to me it really fits the definition of a hidden gem that people wouldn't have known about or would have seen have you seen it? And uh, no, I've I've heard about it though. It's David Lynch is one of those directors that I I've only seen one of his movies, The Elephant Man, which mm-hmm. I did enjoy. But he's one of those directors that I've always heard about, but I've never like gone out of my way to 
watch any of his stuff other than The Elephant Man. I've got yeah. Twin Peaks in my Netflix list. And uh, now that I'm hearing you talk about the straight story, I figured, you know what? I think I might as well give this guy a shot because this sounds like a good entryway to get into, yeah. into David Lynch and then get into Eraserhead and have your mind just like blown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in fairness, I'm with you. I actually haven't seen, I haven't seen most of his, you know, famous, famous R-rated films. Uh, but I, I have seen this and I have seen Elephant Man as well. So we're kind of in the same boat there. Uh, but, uh, but I certainly I know enough kind of about uh, his um, his style to kind of see. You have next on your list. So my next choice is from filmmaker, and I want to get his name correct. Filmmaker Louis Schwartzberg. It is America's Heart and Soul. Oh. Uh, this this was a first time watch for me. Uh, I watched it for this list because. It's one of those movies that I had always heard about and I had always seen the trailer for on either my Lilo and Stitch VHS or my Treasure Planet VHS. I can't remember which one, <laughs> but I'm sure it's one of those. It came out in 2004, so it's around that same time. But uh, this is a movie essentially about filmmaker Louis Schwartzberg who would travel all around the U.S. and just meet people and talk to people and learn about their stories. And I, uh, I find people fascinating. And so he, he just captured their unique stories. I remember one, this one gentleman who lived, I want to say in the Gulf Coast of Alabama, whose family had lived on that piece of property for about 250 years. And I did the math. If this movie were to be made, let's say 2003, late 2002, they would have moved onto that land in 1753, like, and like when the U.S. wasn't even formed yet. It wasn't even a country. It was a British colony. But um, side road, uh, America's Heart and Soul is just, it's a simple story about simple Americans living their lives. And there's something about that that I just really liked. Huh, that sounds really cute. I have, I've never heard of that before. It was one of those things, like I said, where I would always see the trailer for on one of my old VHSs, and I just never went out of my way to see it until now. So America's Heart and Soul, you said? Yes. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that sounds really good. I'll definitely have to check that out. Uh, all right. So my second choice is called Frankenweenie. And I guess people know about this movie, particularly if you're a big tim burton fan but i think that that it also kind of got lost in a way too uh they i i feel like it's without a doubt the best thing tim burton has made in since the 90s i think i mean i wish that he would stay in the animation lane as opposed to his live action films have been almost universally disappointing to me over the last 20 years and I, I think that he is so much better when he is telling his own stories versus when he's adapting other people's stories. And that's basically what he's been doing for the last 20 years, uh, whether it's his Planet of the Apes, his Alice in Wonderland, his, his uh, <laughs> uh, that, you know, Miss Peregrine's, that was an adaptation. The list goes on and on. 
and I honestly the, forgot Miss Peregrine's was even a thing. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> I hated it. And uh, and uh, Dark Shadows adaptation. I mean, and it's been so it's so rare that we actually get his own stories uh, with his own imagination. And this Frankenweenie is based on his literally based on his own story, his own short uh, short subject uh that he did when uh in the 80s he did a a, an animation uh animated short about frankenweenie and then he expanded it into this feature film and and i just think i really love the i love the animation i think it's so cool the way it all looks black and white and i i really like the fact that if if i was a parent i would want to try to introduce my kids to as many different styles of movies as I could, but obviously in an age-appropriate way. And I think if you wanted to introduce your kids to horror tropes, this would be a great way to do it. it and and some of the Leica films, I think, as well. But I think this would be a really, it's 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 a really sweet movie in, in its core about this relationship between this boy and his dog. And uh, but it has all of sort of the elements of sort of creepy old monster movies, you know, and is making this Frankenweenie and and uh, all the side characters and uh, I just I think it's great. I really like it. Have you ever seen this? I actually did a review of it two years ago for my mm-hmm. Halloween series. Oh, nice. And, uh, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah. Tim Burton is very hit or miss for me. Yeah. Uh, for everything that he's involved with, like The Nightmare Before Christmas, which he produced, not directed. Right. Right. And, and his two Batman movies, there is an Alice in Wonderland or something like that where it's such a big miss that I'm like, was he even a hit to begin with? especially i feel like in the last 20 years i feel like he was much better when he had to work harder uh and he had to use more practical effects and just i don't know there's something about the digital age of burton that has just fallen so flat so flat to me looking at the cast of frankenweenie it's like you got Catherine o'hara who is a burton veteran she's been stuff like beetlejuice and of course she was the mom in home alone right and then you have martin short again another burton veteran um martin landau who had a oh yeah legendary career edward in uh as as i most know him as the uh, the heavy in north by northwest directed right. by alfred hitchcock but of course he's had tons of other movies be- besides that but um I always I always appreciated this movie because it felt kind of retro in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. It was stop motion and it was in black and white. And when everyone was like, I want the, the latest cameras, the latest techniques, you know, Burton took it all the way back to like the stop motion of the 80s and 90s and took it to black and white of like yeah. the early 30s where monster movies were everywhere like Frankenstein and Dracula yeah. and the universal stuff. So this was, I feel like Frankenweenie is a love letter to all of that monster movie stuff that took place from like the early 30s into the mid to late 40s. Yeah, I agree. And also it's just, it's not going to be too scary. I don't think for kids because at the end end of the day, it's a sweet story about a boy and his his dog and how much he loves his dog. So I, I don't... I don't know. I think with a little preparation, I think most kids will be fine. 
with this I movie. Agree. Yeah. And like you like you said, this is like the perfect vehicle for kids to get into that type of stuff and then watch the Leica stuff and be scared yeah. to tears. <laughs> like I think the Leica stuff is a lot scarier. Like, have you seen Coraline? Good yes. lord. <laughs> I, I love it. But yeah. But yeah, it's definitely scarier. And so is Paranorman, which I think came out the same year as Frank and Weenie. Uh, yes, it did actually. Yeah. And so I feel like Paranorman is, I mean, it's brilliant. I absolutely love it. But I think that it's more for teenagers, older kids. Even the humor, I feel like, is more uh, older kids oriented. Whereas I think Frank and Weenie is is more for smaller is more appropriate for smaller kids so i don't know uh so all right what is your next pick so my next pick we are uh we're going from black and white animation to uh to a story about a football player uh we're talking about invincible from 2006 oh. uh this starred mark Wahlberg, greg kinnear and a bunch of others, and it tells the story, the true story, of Vince Papale, a part-time substitute teacher and bartender who, in the mid-70s, uh, took part in an open tryout for his home football team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he plays primarily, like, in a sandlot, so in terms of football stuff, he is by no means a Tom Brady, but he goes to the open tryouts basically to shut his friends up and he ends up on the team and the movie documents his time in training camp, the preseason struggles, and then his game and then his inaugural game against the giants where he would end up capturing the, a game winning fumble and winning the game for the Eagles. Uh, this movie is very inspiring to me. It's got a great scene where uh, where Mark Wahlberg is running in the streets, like similar to Rocky, and he he just realizes that he lives in like the roughest, toughest part of Philadelphia, where no one leaves, and it's just it reminded me a lot of Goodwill Hunting, where it's like these people are going to be at this level forever, and if Will Hunting doesn't take that ticket out of there, then he's going to be stuck there, and it would just be a waste. But um. To put the period at the end of the sentence, Invincible is is great. It's got Greg Kinnear in it, who's normally great in most of the things that he is in. Uh, it's got a lot of great football scenes. Is This was directed by a gentleman named Erickson Core, and I'm not sure what else he has directed after this, but it's this movie is still really inspiring. And so. Yeah. I've heard about that. I actually have not seen it. Uh, so you've definitely inspired me to see because I love the Disney sports movies, but somehow this one fell through the cracks. But uh, but it, I've heard good things that uh, it's it's a really good inspirational movie. It sounds almost like that uh, the rookie, the Dennis Quaid. Um, actually, it has a lot of similar story baseball. beats to that of the rookie. I was yeah. actually contemplating, like, should I put the rookie or should I put Invincible? I like both, mm -hmm. but Invincible I have seen by far more times. Mm. The 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 rookie is a good movie. It's a little slow for me. I, I feel like it could have been it could be a trimmed down a little bit, but but I like it. So maybe we can save that for next time. <laughs> Right. It it starred Dennis Quaid and uh and 
and and the little boy who would be in Two and a Half Men. I can't remember his name right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Angus, Angus something. He he's in the the kid, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Disney's the that's kid. right. You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, very good. So my next choice is a movie called The Journey of Natty Gan, uh, which uh, came out uh, in 1985. So it's a little 80s live action Disney film. It's set in the 1930s. It's about a girl named Natty Gan, obviously. And she, uh, her dad leaves and he's going to be uh, work in the, uh, in the timber in- industry and so he has to so she, uh, he leaves and he leaves her with this woman who's just the worst and terrible and and treats her terribly and so she decides that she's going to go and try to find her dad and so she gets uh she's sort of riding the riding the rails and she becomes friends with this dog that's really a wolf dog and she also becomes friends with a, a young john cusack uh <laughs> and natty is played by meredith uh, uh meredith salinger who is now married to comic Patton oswald which is random oh wow i know <laughs> and i actually reviewed it for family movie night and she retweeted my post my tweet which was very exciting <laughs> i was like oh she liked my review or maybe liked it i don't know congratulations uh, rachel you're twitter famous <laughs> i guess yeah but that made me that was fun and it's just a, it's a really cool little adventure movie it does have some some pretty t- tense parts and some uh you know but it's it's an epic adventure kind of story and i think people will like it and families will like it and and uh you know she has goes on a lot of different things to try to find her dad and uh so it's it's beautifully made and good performances and and so i think uh i think people will like it i'm looking at the cast list now and i and i uh found out that scatman crothers is also in it who was dick halloran from stanley kubrick's the shining oh yeah yeah you and like ice cream doc <laughs> uh laney kazan is the terrible woman she's and she's the mom in uh big fat greek wedding and so it's quite a different role for her in this <laughs> wait who is she in my big fat greek wedding she's the mom in oh i was thinking to myself the only scene i remember from that movie is the one where where the mom and the daughter have this really intimate moment i can't uh-huh. remember if that's near the third act but i oh. think it in my head i'm like that woman be mean i no, know that, that that doesn't compute <laughs> i mean i love my big factory wedding but but yeah i uh, it is quite a different role here uh she's very very mean and very abusive and uh enough that she you know runs away and uh starts going on this adventure and and what i like to i guess a spoiler alert but there's not really any romance between John Cusack's character and Meredith Salinger's character. They're just, they're just friends, which I kind of appreciated. I feel like now they would make a, yeah, now they would make it this romance. And so that was, that was good. And so definitely I think it's worth checking out if you have a chance. So what do you have next? 
So my next choice is from 2005, and it is Around the World in 80 Days. Ah. Uh, this the adaptation of the classic book written by Jules Verne, which I read as a kid and I absolutely loved. And I was, and I was the perfect age to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so when it came out, I loved it. And, I, uh, and, I, and I've seen it several times since it came out and I have loved it each time. Uh, this, is very much a, uh, this is very much an exaggerated version of the tale. But uh, when you have a movie with Steve Coogan and Jackie Chan in it, it kind of calls for something like that. Uh, Jackie Chan is in it, and of course, the he has many great fights, and the stunt choreography is incredible, as par for the course for any Jackie Chan movie. Uh, it's it's got a lot of cool practical effects. Uh, there's this one there's this one vehicle where uh, Professor Fogg is driving uh, toward the train station to start his journey. And it's like this big, like Dr. Seuss looking contraption thing. It's like this pipes and wires coming out from everywhere. And that looked to me like a practical effect. And I was just blown away by it. Uh, I can safely say that this is, this is not an adaptation like you would see like with Journey to the Center of the Earth from the 50s where it's played totally straight uh-huh. with, some, with, some, with some big special effects, but it is, it's, it's still a fun movie regardless. Cool. I actually have never seen this one either. So a lot of really good recommendations this week, uh, and, but I love Jackie Chan. Uh, I think he's so so great and so charismatic and fun we actually just uh for our the criterion project that i do once a month uh we reviewed his movie a police story which was one of his early uh films uh, in china and just he's just so charismatic and the stunts that he pulls off are incredible and so it's good to, to hear that that continues on with this film He's so likable. You could yeah. think to yourself, no, there's no way he could kick my butt three ways to Sunday. But <laughs> sure enough, yeah, sure enough, he can. Right. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. Did you say it's kind of steampunky? Yes. It, uh, I, I didn't know how, that could, how I could describe it in that regard. But yes, uh-huh. I can safely say it's very steampunk now uh-huh. that I think about it. Cool. Good. All right. Well, my next choice, it's definitely debatable whether this is a hidden gem or not. Because if you grew up when I grew up, everyone knew about it. But I feel like for youngins like yourself, uh, you might not be as familiar with it. Uh, And it's the show called Boy Meets World. Are, Are you familiar with Boy Meets World? I know of some of the characters. I believe there was a principal. I, I'm sorry, I'm Mr. probably Mr. Feeney. Yes. yes, Mr. Feeney, and I and that's probably <laughs> the most I know about it. Yeah. So I know I know more about freaks and geeks than I do uh, about Boy Meets World. I've seen neither, but I've I know more about the former than the latter. Yeah. Unfortunately, Freaks and Geeks is not on Disney Plus, but never, never know, I guess. But uh, but Boy Meets World is a show that I loved growing up. It he, uh, the the whole cast was basically the same age as me, so like when they started high school, I started high school. When they went to college, I went to college, and so I don't know. I feel like I kind of grew up with them. And yeah, Mr. Feeney 
uh, was the, the, he started out as the teacher and that was the principal. He, whenever they had to transition to a, a new school, he would all of a sudden magically get <laughs> a new job uh, <laughs> to go with them. And, uh, and he was also, Mr. Feeney was also the lead character, Corey, he is his, their neighbor. So there was also sort of involvement there and uh it's there's a, a romance from the very beginning between Corey and his friend topanga is her name she's kind of like a free spirit kind of character and he's more sort of <laughs> more sort of tense and wound up and everything and they're so cute and his best friend is named sean uh, and sean comes from a tough background uh poor background uh all his uh he, he's abandoned a lot he's not really very loved and and uh so you get some really interesting storylines with that and the, the friendship between sean and Corey is the best and i just love it the show took on a lot of tougher subjects and tougher themes but did it in a really authentic way and uh and it also in my opinion has one of the best finales ever it's exactly what you want from us from a sh the end of a show uh with uh with do well this this whole scene between them and mr feeney so good and uh everybody just had really good chemistry uh and it's for the most part genuinely funny and i just if you like something like the goldbergs uh then you'll probably like boy meets world it's it doesn't have as much nostalgia as the goldbergs as far as all the movie stuff and things but but it's it's just as far as like the family dynamic and and also the uh, the kind of growing up dynamic it's it's does that really well and it was you know it's the same time that you had something like full house which is cute enough and i enjoy but to me boy meets world is far better written and uh and more uh authentic to uh the experience of growing up and they did a girl meets world which is also on disney plus which i also loved uh but uh but it, they cut it I, I think it was only three seasons which seemed, seemed like a shame but uh but yeah i love boy meets world it's definitely a one of my favorite shows of all time <laughs> yeah i um i i'm listening to you talk about it and it's like it sounds like something that i would like because yeah. i like I like TV from the 90s. I uh, yeah. I grew up watching old reruns of Home Improvement. I'm not sure if you're a Home yeah. Improvement fan, but I loved Home Improvement, and yeah. uh, I didn't even like watch it in its original run. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, The King of Queens, started in '99. So technically, it's not a it's not a 90s, mm -hmm. but it started there. It's <sighs> a gray it's a gray area, but. I actually found this YouTube channel where this person has uploaded old commercials from the 80s and 90s. Uh -huh. and, like, and like Charlie Day in that post, in that meme where he's like trying to connect the dots. I'm trying to find like where the commercials would go for various programs. And I was oh, like, yeah. if, if my, it's my dream, it's, it's a dream of mine to find like old commercials and tie them in with like mod with like stuff I'm watching like on a streaming service like right <laughs> there there's this website that uploaded all of the TV listings for TNT's Monster Vision and uh -huh. the first one of the first one is like for this night where they did the outer limits the original show 
and uh, they have like the commercial bumpers and everything, but I'm trying to track down the old commercials and it's like, I can't find a site where they say on this day, these commercials aired. And like uh-huh. I even used Wayback Machine and they couldn't even tell me. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Because uh, if I, sometimes I, I'll look and watch the old uh, Siskel and Ebert uh, episodes that you can find on YouTube and they have the ads sometimes in there. And it's, it's, it's just a, like a little time capsule. Yeah, it absolutely. My one problem with uh, with those old episodes is that they're they're definitely captured on like a VCR because yeah. I can see like, like the track lines going through Roger's eyes sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to hear him talk about the McDonald's in Amsterdam. I don't need to see track lines in there, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, that's definitely true, uh, but it's still fun nevertheless. And and I I don't know I just think that boy meets world it it has all those fun elements like you're talking about with 90s uh television like you said with full house or with a lot of these kind of iconic shows of that era but i think that it has uh better writing in general and just more uh i don't know it just has it takes on loftier themes it's uh it really feels like you grow up with these characters or at least certainly feels like i did so i i think uh people should definitely check it out kind of feels like uh i don't know if these are the like the same like genre but i grew up watching old reruns also of the fresh prince of bel-air i don't know if they're like the same thing they are kind of similar i mean i would say that that one's more uh i mean it's more for teenagers i mean that does happen later on in in boy meets world uh and it's i would say that that maybe fresh prince is like just a hair more silly in in certain things but it, it can have some pretty emotional episodes as well so i i'd say they're pretty close they they have a similar kind of dynamic except Mr. for Feely boy meets world throw anyone out the front door does he <laughs> no. boy meets world starts when they're younger than whereas uh fresh prince he's in high school i think from the beginning i would say that wow. maybe fresh prince is maybe more comparable to say by the bell maybe but I, don't I, know. I was going to say thinking about it yeah that seems more of an apt comparison i mean it's a lot better than say by the bell <laughs> but nevertheless <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh, I, I kind of miss those kind of shows i feel like we don't get them that often anymore that they're usually shows are more sort of gritty and we, we kind of we don't really have a lot of those sort of innocent sitcoms that for the family that we used to need to write more cynicism (laughs) i mean i guess there are shows on disney channel um and then there's uh there's some shows like the goldbergs like i said i think that that's the the most uh similar kind of show i can think of uh to something like uh boy meets world that we have now so but very good what do you have next so for my final choice it is a movie from 2006 it is called eight below mm-hmm. this is this stars paul walker uh, may he rest in peace and it tells the story of uh of a man who 
works in Antarctica and he has a, a sled dog team who he has to leave behind because the winter storms there are so fierce that no real humans can stay there. And, uh, and it's all about his fight to get back and save his dogs. However, uh, the dogs in a way kind of save themselves. And, uh, it's, and it's really, really solid stuff. This movie was directed by Frank Marshall, who is more known as a producer, in, including movies such as the Indiana Jones movies, the Back to the Future movies. I'm sure you've heard hmm. of those. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and his real, only real directing credit is this one. And I honestly think that he did a really good job with this one. Uh, uh, Paul Walker is, of course, really good. I really feel bad for Paul Walker because he's primarily known as, oh, he's the other half of, of the Fast and the Furious movies. But uh, whenever he was put in something other than the Fast and the Furious movies, I always enjoyed it. I, I don't think yeah. he was Orson Welles or anything, but I, th I thought he was charismatic. Uh, he was really funny sometimes, and it seemed like he was always happy to be wherever he was, but yeah. not in the grating way I made that sound. Yeah. Um, he has the movie's best line where he's like pleading to try and go back, and he's like, those dogs are my family. I can't just leave them there. Like, you feel the pain in his voice. Like, oh, it's such, yeah. a, such, a, such a good performance. But anyway, yeah. to put the period at the end of the sentence on this one, Eight Below is a really good movie. It's a really good dog movie as well. If you're a fan of dogs, specifically huskies, yeah. this will definitely be for you. Yeah, I reviewed this for Family Movie Night, and I agree. I think this is a great pick for a hidden gem because I kind of had grouped it with the, in my, for some reason I had grouped it with the uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Snow Dogs movie, which is way not as good. And, and this totally different. Yeah, and totally different. Like this is a pretty serious movie. It's tense. It's uh it's him trying to, you know, save these dogs and a lot of things stopping along the way and stopping him and uh and so I don't know. It's it's different than I thought it was going to be going into it and I I think I decided to review it for a family movie night just because we'd had like a bunch of snow days or something like that. And, and so I was like, Oh, I'll watch this. And I was like, wow, that was way better than I expected it to be. And I agree. He's good. Paul Walker's good in it. And, uh, you, I mean, he fights for a long time and it's amazing. Those dogs are able to save them are still alive and that they can find them. And it's, it's a, done it's in a realistic way. They're yeah. not the greatest superheroes. They're like, they're real dogs, but they're huskies and they're like okay we're trained we are this is what we've been made for you know we yeah. gotta we gotta make it out of this and there's a lot of tough moments i won't yeah. go into into spoilers but there's a lot of tough moments but uh, that's but very when, very true but when the inevitable reunion happens it's like yes they reunited finally <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and it's it's very emotional i mean it it's it is definitely a very underrated film and people should definitely watch it. I, I think it's a really good pick. All right. So my last pick is Muppet Treasure Island. And I think that the Muppets are the, are, have been at their best when they are, uh, when they are based on a classic literature. 
And they've only done it twice, and I wish they would do it more because they've done this, and then they did Mickey's uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, which of course is beloved <laughs> Muppets Christmas Carol. And I don't think this is as good as as a uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, but I think it's pretty fun. I mean, I especially love Tim Curry as Long John Silver's. He's so good. I mean, he's so great at that sort of hammy villain. <laughs> you know, like it, Tim Curry was taken from us far too soon. Like, like I love Tim Curry to death. That he was, he was the uh, he was the Butler in Clue. He was the Mater D in Home Alone Two. Just yeah, like, like he was in so much good stuff. And I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Rachel. I didn't mean. No, no. I I think that Tim Curry is still alive. But I think oh, he he's is? I think he's sick. I think that he uh, he isn't well. But I'm pretty sure he isn't. I could be wrong. Well, we that's check. just super awkward. But, uh, <laughs> Tim, if you're somehow listening to this, I do love you, and I. Uh, and yes, I he's did, still living. It, oh, he is. Well, yeah. now it's super awkward. <laughs> I just. If Tim somehow comes across this, I want him to know that that I love him and he's awesome. Yeah, no, he's great and he's so good at this kind of dastardly villain, you know, just sort of over the top and funny and and, and he uh, has experience playing the pirate. He was uh, uh, he was in the Fox show Peter Pan and the Pirates. Oh yeah, he was, he was Captain Hook. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean, I kind of wish that he had been in um in Steven Spielberg's Hook. I think he would have made that movie better. <laughs> um, but I love him in this, and he's just fun with the other Muppets, and you know, Kermit is the is is the captain, and you can't go wrong with that. And it has some nice little songs and and some funny jokes and. Uh, and you got your classic Treasure Island story uh, told in there, and uh, so I I enjoy it, and uh, you know I love I love the Muppets for the most part. There's a couple that aren't as good, but for the most part I love the Muppets, and I think this one's a really fun underrated entry in this in the franchise. Yeah, I I've seen Muppets Christmas Carol a ton of times. Uh, like Michael Caine is awesome in that movie, and it's got a pretty uh, pretty sinister song in there. The uh, the we're Marley and Marley yeah. song. And I'm like, <laughs> this is surprisingly disturbing. But um, I've never seen Muppet Treasure Island. But now hearing you talk about it, especially uh, since I'll probably be getting some threatening mail from Mr. Curry. <laughs> I'll uh, definitely check this out. Maybe yeah. just to sate the wrath of the curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. People, we should uh should check it out. So, let's go over our list real quick. So, I have the Straight Story, and then Frank and Weenie, the Journey of Natty Gan, Boy Meets World, and Muppet Treasure Island. So that's some good viewing. If you if you watched all of that, you'd be you'd be, you'd be really set. So what about you? So my list is Atlantis, The Lost Empire, America's Heart and Soul, Invincible, Around the World in 80 Days, and Eight Below. Great. Well, very good. So uh, Ryan, where can people find you and what do you have coming up on your channel? 
So uh, you can find me on social media uh, at RyanCam20. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. I am updating my Letterboxd either every day or every other day. So I'm very active on there. Mm -hmm. And then my YouTube channel is RyanCam Movie Reviews. Just type it in there. It'll take you straight to the channel. Uh, I've got the AF. I've got a new series up called the AFI Project that I will be uploading a few new episodes of. I'll be talking about Singing in the Rain and a bunch of other classics. And then I'll be uploading my Twilight Zone vlogs where I discuss the Twilight Zone in depth. And then I'll also be uploading my series called I Finally Saw where I talk about famous movies that I'm watching for the first time. And I believe the next couple is going to be Michael Mann's Collateral and Matt Reeves's Cloverfield. And I've got oh. a stack of other ones that I've that I've definitely got to watch and review for that segment. So that segment's going to be pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And at the Hallmarkies podcast. So check all of that out. I think you'll really enjoy it. And uh, thanks again for doing this. And again, let us know what your hidden gems are. And uh, we'll talk about them uh, next week uh, on the podcast. And maybe we'll even we'll even review some of them. So that would be really fun. So thanks Send so much. In, no, matter, no matter how obscure. Yes. More obscure, the better. It's hidden gems. So please let us know and please subscribe to the channel and give us a thumbs up. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that so much. And, uh, and we have our patron group, which is really fun and means so much to us. And then we also have merch store, which has really fun designs. So check all of that out and uh, thanks again. And we'll talk next week. Bye everyone. Bye.